you. Oh, good morning, everybody. Always good to see your lovely faces. Well, it's still January, but we're motoring on. We're in the third Sunday of January. Can you believe it? Third Sunday of January. How many people made New Year's resolutions this year? Did you make one, Andrew? Sorry, Andrew, I can't hear you. Is it the fourth Sunday? Oh, I thought it was the third Sunday. Oh, Andrew keeps me right. Oh, well, we're motoring through January and uh, New Year's resolutions. I didn't make any this year. Giving up chocolate. Try it every year, giving that up. <laughs> giving up, giving up the chocolate. Anybody else got any ones that they, they did? Oh, we do it, don't we? We do the, the dry January, the giving up chocolate. I'm not going to eat as much. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to start doing this instead. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to give up moaning. <laughs> Tim, you're going to give up moaning. <laughs> give up moaning. I'm going to do better this year. And we get really excited about things we're going to give up or things that we're going to start doing. But giving up is hard, isn't it? It's tough. And quite often we get to the 3rd or the 4th January, 4th month, 4th uh, fourth month, 4th fourth week in January, and we've pretty much given up. I don't know about you, that's what happens normally with me. I'm like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get up an hour earlier, I'm going to read my Bible before I do anything else. Mm. And then we get to that bit and we're, we get a bit, oh, I didn't do it again. It's not so good. But, you know, since, about, I think just before COVID, I started asking God at the beginning of the year, God, just give me a word <laughs> that I can hold on to this year, a word that I can really focus on, because I can't do all this giving up chocolate stuff. <laughs> God understands our, our heart and what we're like. So I said to him, just give me a word. And one year I got out of the box. That's not a word, it's a couple of words. In fact, it's three words, out of the box out of the box. Four words, actually. I can't count. Andrew, I need you up here so I can <laughs> out of the box. Anyway, give me four words. And this year, I asked him for a word, and he gave me the word surrender. Surrender. I was like, God, surrender. God, I thought I was surrendering everything I had for you. But okay, surrender. And then I started to pray over that word and started to ask him, what does... What do you mean surrender, God? I know we have to come to you and surrender, and I try, and I do, and I know, and then I started to think of things that came flooding to my head. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that needs surrender to you, God. Maybe I do need to come with a heart more of surrender. And, you know, I just started to dig deep in this word surrender, and I just want to bring a little bit of that to you this morning and about what God's been speaking and stirring in me and just about coming back to that place of surrender. And we're all here because we, at one point, made a commitment to God and said, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender my heart. I'm going to surrender all that I am and all that I hope for and all the things that I've made mistakes in, God. I'm just going to hand them to you. 
It's a big word, surrender, and it's got so many things that probably come to your head whenever I say the word surrender. Maybe it brings a little bit of fear, and you think, I don't, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can surrender everything. I don't know if I can surrender that thing that I'm holding on to. It can feel a bit vulnerable, a bit scary, a bit uncertain about what that means. And I'm talking about so many things. I mean, surrender. We can surrender and worship. We can lose it all to God and say, God, but are we really surrendering? Are we really letting go of what we've been holding on to? Are we just doing the motions? Are we just doing the motions? I want to assure you today that to surrender to God's ways, to his plans and purposes, is the safest, it's the most powerful way and will bring you the sweet sound of grace and victory in your life. When you surrender all and you say, God, it's not my will, but your will, Father. It's your will on, in my life that I need to hold on to God, not what I've been holding on to in my dreams and my plans. So do you ever feel like you're in a bit of a battle? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm constantly in a battle. If it's not one thing, it's the next thing, and it just comes in left, right, and center, and you think, oh, where did that come from? That's, that's it. And it could be anything. It could be business, finance, family, um, emotional health. All these things that we have to tackle can be a bit of a battle. Sometimes we, get them, we feel we're getting them sorted, and then boom, comes back again, and we're like, oh, where's that come from? And life can feel a bit like a roller coaster, can't it? And sometimes we feel like we're, we're doing it. We've got it under control. We can do this. We can do this. But, you know, God doesn't want us to just keep going on our own. He's asking us to give it to him because he's more than able to do it for us. We're not, we're not capable of doing it ourselves. And surrendering it all often feels like the last thing that we want to do. It often feels like the last thing that we want to do. That's because the enemy wants to deceive us. He wants us to hold on to all those things because it takes up space. It takes up space in our heart, it takes up space where God wants to move. So the enemy tells us, don't let go of that thing, because if you do, it's going to be scary. It's going to be, you're not going to like it. Feel more comfortable if it stays there. Just hold on to it a wee bit longer. And he puts fear in our hearts. He puts fear in there that basically clogs up our arteries. If you think about your physical heart and all the stuff that you can put in physically that's not good for you, and you start to clog up your heart and start to make it slow and sluggish and difficult to breathe or to move. Same with our spiritual heart. We start keeping stuff in there we shouldn't. And we don't come and surrender to God and say, God, take it all. Cleanse my heart. Make it clean, God, so that he can flow. Just like Jimmy was talking about that crimson thread, that crimson blood, pure blood of Jesus to run through us and make us alive. Help us to breathe and to um, operate in his plans and purposes for our life. Yeah, so the enemy wants to keep us bound up and fearful and 
stuff that kind of gets to us, and you know, fear is a liar. <laughs> it is a liar. It's one of those things that, um, yeah, the enemy uses to distract us and keep us bound up. God gave me this image of, you know, surrender, being arms open, arms open to him and in full surrender, but the enemy wants us curled up, face down, our posture lowered, so that you know, everything's crunched up, unable to flow. And God says, spread out wide, surrender all. Let me work in your heart. Let me work deep in your heart so that I can flow and that you can live a life that I've called you to live. In Jeremiah 17:9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The heart is deceitful above all things. It's said that the heart is the seat of sin. <laughs> so we should examine our hearts. You know, surrendering, sometimes we come on a Sunday and we do, you know, we, we come to God and we've got space and time and we think, okay, God, I'm going to give it all to you. But God calls us to do it daily because it's like, again, about what we feed ourselves with and what we, how, we, how we live. If we don't do it daily, it, it we don't have that freedom and that, um, yeah, that, that clear heart to, for God to work. Grace flows, and we need space for grace to flow. We want every part, every, I'm going to try and get this right, artery, ventricle, capillary, saturated, with the grace of God and with the love of Jesus flowing through us so we can face every battle. Because when we surrender in battle, surrender, so to us in the natural, surrender is just like giving up. It's like, yeah, on you go. But to God, it's the opposite. It means victory. So surrendering is victory in God's eyes. And for us, we can have the victory. We can live the life he planned to its fullness but it's often the last thing we want to do. It's hard. It's so hard. So why do we keep holding on to all that stuff? Why do we keep keeping it in and not letting it go? Fear is one. But in Romans 7, verses 15 to 19, if you can find that in your Bible app or your, your Bible, I encourage you to read it because it's quite an epic tongue twister. <laughs> It's quite amazing. I'm only going to read verses 15, 18, and 19 because I will probably get my tongue in a twist. But Paul wrote the first epic tongue tw twister in the world when he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. <sighs> That's why I didn't read the other couple of verses before, because they're even more <laughs> complicated. But Paul, in the essence of this verse, is saying, why do I keep doing these things? Why do I keep doing the things I know I don't want to do? Why is it I keep doing that? No matter how hard we try in our own strength, no matter how much we desire, we keep making the same mistakes until we surrender them to God, until we come and say, God, I'm going to step out 
of this driver's seat. I'm not the one that's controlling this. You are God, and I trust that you're going to heal me and you're going to take this from me. But Paul understood that it was hard, and Jesus understood that it's hard. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see his anguish and his fear and his dread, and he was overwhelmed and sorrowful as he is betrayed and abandoned. Jesus was suffering in his soul as well as his body as he faced having to surrender, as he faced having that anguish of what what decision he was going to make. He knew what he had to do, but he still had the anguish of what he was going to face, and he knew what was going to happen. But he knew he had to submit to the Father's will. He knew for the battle to be won, and he trusted his Father. He trusted that his Father was going to be victorious, and he knew that by going to the cross, God would be victorious over sin and death forever. See, the enemy will do his best to keep you in anguish and in confusion and sorrow and keep us from receiving the victory. He will do his very, very best. So I'm just going to read actually from Matthew 26, verses 36 to 39. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus understands. He's, he's been there. He knows how hard it is to, to, to go through these things and how, to, how, how difficult it is to battle. He's been there and he feels it and he knows what you face and he's with you. He knows your pain and your, and your troubles. I just encourage you this morning to know that Jesus is with you. But the verse I'm really going to focus on this morning, if you could put the first slide up, Kate, thank you, is from Luke 9, 23 to 25. And this verse came to me when I was seeking God about this word surrender and what does, what does it mean for me, God? What does it mean for us as a church to really surrender? And this verse came to me, and just a bit of context, when I used to hear this verse, it actually it freaked me out a little bit, I'll be perfectly honest. It's a power verse, and it really, it's quite a, it's quite a tough one. On the surface, we can read it and we can sort of skip over it, but I really want to dig deep in this today. In Luke 9, 23 to 25, and it says, And he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self? And it just, I read that verse so many times. I've heard it so many times. My father-in-law's got a banner with it 
<laughs> he walks up and down on Fairmont High Street. And we used to say to him, George, it's just a wee bit strong, eh? <laughs> and he'd be like, get, get your one that says Jesus loves you and you can walk beside me and we'll be all right. <laughs> so, but this is just, this sums it up, guys. This sums up what it means to surrender. So I just want to unpack this verse. Um, and, and, and go through it a little bit more detail with you, just so we can understand. There's so much to surrender, but this is just what God's been speaking to me. If, so God gives us the opportunity, if, Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, if anyone wants to be my disciple, you've got the choice. Do you want to be his disciple? Do you want to follow after him? We make the decision to, lo- to give our hearts, surrender to God when we first become a Christian. But do you want to be his disciple? And do you want to follow him? Do you want to follow in his footsteps? Walk as he walked. And it all starts with that first decision. So if anyone wants to be my disciples, they must deny themselves. That's a, t- that's a tough one. Number two, take up their cross. Number three, follow me. I'm going to go into these in a little bit more detail. First of all, deny themselves. So denying ourselves doesn't mean we like walk around in sackcloth sackcloth and ashes and be like, I'm not going to have that and I'm not going to have that. And it means to take ourselves off the throne, literally put God's desires above our very own and think and, and pray and ask God for guidance on what his will is, not about our desires and our, our wishes for our own life. It's taking ourselves off the throne and, and, and making ourselves in that place where we submit to God, we submit to his authority. We're not the ones in charge. We're not, instead of looking inward, we're looking upward and we're fixing our eyes on him and saying, God, whatever your will is, I will follow you. Uncurling from that lowered posture that I talked about, that the enemy wants you down, facing down, hunched over, getting a dodgy back. Instead, stretching up and looking up and um, in surrender to him. Denying yourself is all part of that. And just each day, you know, saying, God, this is not about me today. This is about you. I'm putting you first place. So whatever you want to lead, wherever you want to lead me, wherever you want to guide me, God, and all my plans, Father, I, I seek your will. Make room for him. Make room for him to move. Move over. <laughs> I'll give you a, a little insight into our family life. <laughs> Some secrets. So James likes to come into our bed at about five o'clock in the morning for a week cuddle. And we just cuddle him in. Get him. That's okay, James, tell everybody that. <laughs> because it's, you know, he's obviously woken up a bit early and comes in. But there's no room in our bed for that. And now he's getting too big. So move over. Keep saying, oh, it's a bit tight in here. Tim sprawls out like this. He's surrendering in his bed. <laughs> James's legs are all over the place. I'm like, move over. But sometimes, you know, we need to move over. And let God take priority. God should take priority in our life and stop worrying about, well, I wanted to do that, actually. <laughs> you know, I really had big plans to 
make it here and, you know, do this, that, the other. It's about moving over and saying, God, this is about you. I heard an amazing sermon, actually, by, um, I think it was Bill Johnson, and he was just talking about how, um, you know, putting, putting God first, sometimes you won't experience that in your life right now in terms of the benefits or the victory but it's the generations to come. It's the people who you impact by showing surrender and showing that you're obedient to God that will impact generations to come. And I thought that was so powerful, so, so powerful to think about the bigger picture. It's not just about us. Again, that's about denying ourselves. It's not just about immediate our um, timescales and things that we really want to happen right now. So think in that bigger picture. How will I influence my family and how will this benefit the world in general? So move over. Make room for him. Make room for him to saturate your heart. To fill every single part and for grace to move freely. We need to do that. Strengthening the heartbeat of God and the pulse of the kingdom. To beat strong so that, yeah, there's no room for that if we're trying to beat our drum. <laughs> all the time. Oh, look at me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But you know what? It's God's heartbeat. We want to hear pulsing through this land. And to deny yourself, we need to yield. Love that word, yield. Lay down all our fears, our anger, our guilt, our shame at Jesus' feet and just give it all to him. Give it all to him. The second point is take up your cross. So if you want to be my disciple, first of all, and deny yourself. Second one, take up your cross. And when I first became a Christian and I read this verse, I used to think we had to, <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's how heavy weight to bear. I'd imagine Jesus carrying this cross. And I thought, why would God want us to do that? I didn't really get it. I didn't understand, you know, take up your cross. I was thinking, well, God, this is meant to be a life of freedom, and I don't understand this. And obviously, as I'm, life went on and understood a little bit more, but I've been really, really studying about what it means to take up your cross. And it doesn't mean to carry it around like some burdensome thing. The cross represents so, so much, so much. Our earthly battles are not to be confused with our, with our cross. So the things we're facing are not supposed to be that thing that we're carrying around, you know? There are battles, but our cross is so much more. What does the cross represent? It represents death. Death to self. New life, resurrection, reconciliation to the Father, mercy, grace pure, unconditional love. This is what the cross represents. So if we take up and we carry that, and we, we show the world, this is the testimony of what Jesus has done in our life. So we're denying ourselves, and we're taking up the cross, our cross, which shows the resurrection power of Jesus in our hearts, the transformational power no longer bound up like this. 
but stretched out as we take up our cross, demonstrating to everyone and, and the world of the transformational power of, of what Jesus has done in our hearts and our lives. Pure, unconditional love, no longer bound up, no longer a slave to sin, now a follower, follower of Jesus, doing what he did. Love people, love the world, love our family, love God. Yielded. Worshipping a father, glorifying God, walking in hope and faith. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We don't have to walk around with a big heavy burden on our back. The cross is taken up and we're sh- we're, it's light. It's not to be heavy to be a follower of Jesus. There's freedom. So if you want to be, <clears throat> if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Follow Jesus. What does it mean to follow Jesus? And not just follow him when we feel like, <laughs> like, oh, everything's going really rubbish today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow Jesus. Actually, actively, daily come to him. Daily follow him. Daily look to him and follow him in all his ways. Know the Bible. Read the word of God and and, and, and seek out his plans and purposes for your life. I really encourage you to dig deep. Look up and listen. Look up and listen to what he's saying to your heart. And that can only happen when we yield it all to him. Otherwise, there's too much stuff clogging up the arteries. Too much stuff happening that's going to, yeah, wreck whatever's, whatever can happen in our hearts. Daily surrendering. Get out of the, dri- get out of the driver's seat. Too often we want to be the one in control and the one that's powering on and, oh, I've not got time for this. I've not got time. I just want to get on. And then we get blindsided. We just want to go, keep going, keep going. But to follow Jesus need to look at his examples and what he did and you know he he showed love to everyone he met and he he walked with grace and humility he served those around him all these wonderful things that Jesus did so let's yeah let's live a life of surrender I'm really that's going to be my that's my word for the year and I really encourage you to dig deep about what surrender means for you it means different for all of us in a sense that we've got different things to surrender. We've got different things we're carrying, different things that are going on. But for all of us, we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. So, sorry, next slide, please, Kate, if that's okay. So, the next part of this verse for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world but forfeit their very self? Wow. If 
you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. This is the way Jesus spoke. He, he often spoke like this to make people think that, and challenge their usual way of thinking because our natural will want to hang on to everything for fear that we'll lose it. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Lose your life and not your breath of life. He's talking about yourself again. Lose yourself so that you can be saved so you can save it and you can have the life that God planned from the very beginning. It says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans to prosper and not harm you. So God knows the plans he has for you. It's just up to you whether you surrender to that or whether you decide to go your own way. And that's, that's up to you. But that's what, that's what God's saying. That's what Jesus is saying here. For what good is it for someone to gain the whole world? We can go chasing rainbows, chasing all the things of our, our dreams. And sometimes God gives us dreams. But what good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? So it's something that when you're coming to God that you can pray and ask God and say, God, what is your will? Where, where should I be going? What is... What is, how can I line up with you? And that's a big thing, alignment. <clears throat> and that's another thing that God was showing me through this word surrender and thinking about taking up our cross and thinking about yielding. And I just had that image of and just how alignment is so important. A posture that we walk in and follow is so important that we need to be aligned to him and his word so that we don't go chasing the wrong things and we don't hang on to the wrong things, but we very much are focused and, and, and rely on his word to, for our lives and for our, we, um, for our walking <clears throat> with him. In the message version, of Luke, I think it's up there as well. Yeah, this is great. The message version of Luke 9, 23 to 25, and this is just the, the last part. It says, self-help is no, no help at all. And we've got a world full of self-help. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What good it, what good it do, would it do? What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? And the world is searching. Everyone's searching for the real them. We all want to know who are we, God? Who, who are we? And try to find out who we, who we are. But this is it. Just surrender. <clears throat> and God will show you and he will give you strength to know the real you. So I don't, I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what kind of thing, but I just really feel it'd be a nice time if I get the band back up, that's okay. Just to have a, an opportunity to open our hearts, let God do some work. Maybe you've been feeling sluggish a little bit, clogged up, stuff in there. You could do with a big overflow of the Holy Spirit to cleanse and to purify your heart. Maybe there's something you're holding on to that you don't want to let go of because you're scared. And I get that 
fear is a big thing and it can really you think what but God I don't know where you're going to take me believe you me God will never take you anywhere that's going to hurt you he wants to take you to a place of freedom a place of grace a place of transformation so I just if we could just play that song that would be amazing guys I just give you this opportunity guys to open open your hands close your eyes just ask God to speak and show you whatever it is you need to surrender to him today. There's so many people in this world that are giving up. They're giving up their life because they don't have the hope that we have in Jesus. They don't know who they are. They don't know why they're here. God's saying, don't give up. Just surrender. Whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that's bound you up and keeps you awake at night. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's anger. Just give it all to him. in your heart this morning let him work don't be scared and keep it locked but open it up to him I promise you that he wants to bring freedom that you've never experienced before father I thank you that 
you only want to bring freedom to our hearts, God. don't require us to do stuff in our own strength we only need to yield to you God thank you father that you welcome us father that you welcome us with open arms no matter where we've been or what we've done God you smile in each one of us father and you want us to come and trust you God thank you father Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you that you surrendered all, that you paid it all. Thank you, God. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you have the victory, Lord, that you have the, you have the final say, God. And today, Father, we commit to surrendering all to you, Father, and walking with you daily, walking in your footsteps, that we could show your grace, your love. 
heart surrendered will impact not just now but forever and for generations to come. Thank you, God. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.